Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. This special episode of Inside the Firm was brought to you by ArcCat. ArcCat.com is the place to go when the time has come for your firm to begin gathering product and material information for your next project. Let's say you're tasked with finding the top window manufacturers and they need to have CAD, BIM, and specifications. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a search engine that showed you who has the data you need? There is. It's ArcCat.com, the number one most used website for finding building product information. Search for a product or even a CSI section and get a list of manufacturers and the data they offer. Even better, you can download all that technical data for free. You don't even have to register to use ArcCat. Save your firm time, money, and frustration and go to ArcCat.com to start building better content today. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. This episode was also brought to you by Dell. As a Dell partner, inside the firm listeners and their firms are eligible for valuable discounts up to an additional 8% off on Dell technology products and services. So what are you waiting for? Visit dell.com forward slash inside the firm. That's dell.com forward slash inside the firm and select tech the technology you need to fuel your business. You can also call our Dell team at 1-800-757-8442. That's 1-800-757-8442. And don't forget about their partner outreach program that allows inside the firm listeners to get complimentary on-site tech consultations from Dell's account executives. You can learn more about the program at Dell dot com forward slash outreach enjoy the show all right welcome to inside the firm i'm here with a very special guest brian mccartney who is a managing partner and the chief idea guy at arcmark which is short for architect branding and marketing in astario florida over the past few years the arcmark team has worked with a growing number of firms in florida as well as several aia chapters Over the past year, they have reviewed and tested more than 380 architecture firm websites. What they learned helped them better understand the challenges that architects face and made them see that firms have great opportunities to stand out and differentiate themselves. Arcmark's approach to architect branding and marketing centers around their three-step client attraction system, which helps architects create a great first impression, communicate value and expertise, and find and attract their ideal clients using branding, digital marketing, and web, website design. Brian has been featured has been a featured speaker at numerous industry events. He has appeared on podcasts, including our one of our great friends, Mark LePage's Entree Architect podcast, and he regularly contributes articles for AIA and SMPS chapters. Uh, so, Brian, without further ado, why don't you kind of uh, give us a, a little bit deeper uh, intro about yourself? Thanks for being on about how you, you know, your, your background as a young, a young kid who was influenced by his grandfather and then sort of how you transitioned to where you guys are at now with Artmark. 
Well, thanks, uh, Lance, for having me on. I'm really excited about uh, being here and being on Inside the Firm. I've listened to you guys for a while now and uh, really enjoy your show. So uh, kudos to you for putting together such great content and sharing this with architects. I think it's a really great resource. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of grew up around uh, construction. So my grandfather was uh, in the construction industry. He worked for a large national firm and would often travel around the country uh, to work on big projects and, and, and so forth. And I, I got to spend a lot of time with him on job sites and things like that when I was growing up. Um, uh, we also, he was a woodworker, so uh, we, we often, uh, when I was a kid, it was really funny. He had this notebook in his shop and he would hand me the notebook and he would tell me to, you know, draw something or design something. And then, and then we would figure out how to build it. So I always had this kind of love of, you know, kind of designing and tinkering, um, uh, you, you know, in the shop with my grandfather as a kid. And as I grew up, I, I started to look for pathways to kind of explore design more, 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 in, more on a professional level and I, I ended up uh I ended up going to school for graphic design. Uh I went to Ohio University in southern Ohio. And the school that I went to was very heavily influenced by the principles of the Bauhaus. So when I graduated, I moved to Chicago because at that time that's like if you wanted to be a good designer, you went to Chicago, there was a lot of work there and a lot of exciting firms uh, to be involved with. I don't want to date myself too much here, but um, uh, it was a good time to be a, a graphic designer in Chicago. And, you know, when I, when I went to Chicago, I, you know, I knew about the house and Mies van der Rohe and uh, Mahali Naj and, and all these guys. And so I, I, you know, I got to, got around the city quite a lot, just checking out the architecture and the design. And it, it really influenced me a lot in my early career. Um, you know, I, I, I worked in design, uh, graphic design and branding and marketing in Chicago for about 10 years. And then, uh, I got the opportunity to move to Zurich, Switzerland, my wife's, uh, firm that she worked with, she was in PR at the time. They wanted to start an office in Europe and she was, she was asked to move to Switzerland and help get this new, uh, new business off the ground. So we got to move to Switzerland. Uh, I worked. I got to work with a lot of great companies uh, through the agency that I worked at in Switzerland, and then uh, uh, we spent about 12 years there. Uh, ultimately, came back to the U.S., uh, set up a, a new business here, and then um, about five years ago, I think it was, uh, I, I, you know, I had, I'd always had this interest in architecture and whatever, and. Uh, one of the guys in our office uh, building was an architect and got to know him a little bit. And after a while, uh, he asked us to help him out with his his branding and marketing. And uh, that kind of started things off for us with in terms of architecture and, and kind of founding ArcMark. So uh, uh, ever since then, we've we've kind of been you know it, it, that kind of started us nudging us towards uh thinking about architects and how we could help them and since then we've just been focused on uh reaching out to more and more architects learning more and more about uh about their world 
And uh, that's blossomed into developing a, a, a good number of clients in architecture that we've been able to help over the last few years. So when you that's that's an interesting background. I think um, you know it's sort of like a, in in a sense a happenstance that you you know were in the same office and then you know it was, so it was, yeah. I feel like you know, it was a very organic transition to you helping architects. So now that it's less organic in the sense that you know that it's, it's your focus. How do you get involved with working with architects? Are you reaching out to them? Are you finding them? Um, you know, how does that transition? How does that usually happen? Well, it's gone both ways. Uh, initially, when we decided to focus on architects, it was really about trying to get the word out. You know, we we approached uh, AIA chapters here in the state of Florida, developed relationships with a few of them. Um, that got us in front of architects. We had opportunities to speak and uh, to uh, start building some rapport. The, uh, I think when, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, uh, we were invited to uh, um, speak at uh, AIA Florida. Um, we, we got the invitation a year and a half ago. And we, we did that this past July. And when, when that happened, we kind of realized, well, we really need to figure out what we're going to tell them and, and how we're going to design this presentation for architects. And then in the course of doing that, we realized that we had quite a lot of good content that was relevant to architects. And that's when we started reaching out to people like uh, Mark uh, to get on his podcast. And I've, I've also done a presentation for Mark LePage's group uh, for his uh you know, for his community, uh, his member community as well. And, and then we started figuring out, well, we, we have these, this other content that we could turn into articles. So we reached out to different publications and it just kind of grew from there. So we, we, we are reaching out to architects directly. I, I reach out to a lot of architects on LinkedIn. And then we also have a lot of architects co contacting us through these articles and appearances that we have uh, as well. Oh, good deal. So, all right, well, once you then engage with um, any architect, whether you reach out to them or they reach out to you and you guys sort of, have, you guys have a working agreement in order, I assume. Um, what, tell us about some of the biggest challenges that uh, you face when um, you're helping an architect rebrand. I know everybody, I know, to me, that's a, that's a scary endeavor. I, I honestly uh -huh. can't imagine going into an architect's office and going, okay, here's, here's what you're doing wrong. Because <laughs> a lot of architects are like engineers where, Hey, we know it all, and uh, we're, we're already good at design. So why why are you in here, Mr. Designer, telling me what to do? Uh, maybe that's not right. even a problem. But what? Yeah, tell, tell us about some of those challenges. Um, so uh, I don't know if that's my dog or if that's your... it's my dog. <laughs> it's my dog. Okay. Yeah. Everybody in right. the podcast know when I do one of these interviews, it's uh, the dogs are going to get hurt. So okay, well, good. <laughs> I won't feel bad if my dog barks. <laughs> anyway. Um, the biggest challenge in working with architects is when it comes to branding, and I'll talk about both branding and marketing because there, there, are, there are challenges when it comes to both of those things. Uh, for branding, I think it's getting beyond the idea that your brand is a logo and therefore a design problem because generally it's not. Uh, your, your, your brand, I, I think, well, let's put it this way. Jeff Bezos put it put it bluntly. Your brand is what people say about you 
when you leave the room. It's that perception that people have of your firm. So in that sense, everything you do, everything you say as a firm can have an impact on your brand. Um, uh, a friend of mine, Reed Perez, has a branding company called uh, For the People, and he likes to say, you know, um, when uh, – sorry, I'm having a brain moment here. But uh, the, the, the brand is really about um, – you know, it's, it's, it's that perception. So you don't really own it, right? Uh, it, it, you can't own a perception. You have to, exactly. you, you can, you, you can only influence it. And so all of those things that you do have to influence that perception. And number one, you've got to know what perception you're trying to create. Uh, so if you don't, if you don't do that work to clarify that, and, and that's what we, we really try to get at when we're going in and we're talking about branding is we're trying to clarify, okay, what is it that we're about? What is it that makes us different? Um, how are we going to, how are we going to influence that perception? Then from there, you know, and, and from that perspective, you're not thinking about design, you're thinking about perception. So the, the design comes actually towards the end of that process. And by then, most clients are, you know, when they're, when they're seeing it through that different lens, it's, it's much more easy for them to say, okay, I understand where we're at now. I understand what we're trying to achieve. And they're, they're a lot more trusting of you by that point as well. Um, with marketing, I think it's another issue entirely. Uh, the truth is most, archi most architects don't believe in marketing. Um, most crazy. architects... Yeah, yeah. Most most architects believe that if they design good work and you know uh, do you know show that work off on their website, have a nice portfolio, that people are going to show up at their doorstep, and that's just not yeah. the case. Um, you have to have a plan for sharing what you do with the world, for communicating the value that you're going to provide to potential clients. Um, you know, the firms that succeed are the ones uh, that that are, are keenly aware of that and know how to demonstrate, you know, for lack of a better word, their ROI, right? We can solve these problems for you. That's what clients want to know. And if you can't do that through your marketing, through your website, through uh, your sales sheet, whatever, then people aren't going to get it. Um, just to emphasize this point, you know, your website, which a lot of architects we come across, they, they don't really understand the importance of their website. We've seen, you know, we've looked at, you said 380. I think we're up to 405 now uh, websites that we've, we've looked at and tested. The reason, one of the main reasons we, we went and did that study and why we continue to do that work is that there's a, a, a statistics from Hinge Marketing, which has done a lot of work in the AEC uh, buying research area, 84% uh, of AEC buyers are visiting your website before they contact you. And if they can't mm -hmm. get some of the answers that they need, some of the information, if they can't confirm that you can solve their problem based on your website, they're going to eliminate you as a choice. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're spot on with that. I, I want to go back to a point you made about how many architects don't believe in marketing. It is yeah. astounding 
to me. It's all, it's all, it's astounding to me, but it's also not because we've been around for about a decade. And mm -hmm. one, of, one of the first things we, we did and understood is, and it, this is maybe more of me uh, being coming from a small firm, Alex, my business partner, coming from a very big firm, which is Daniel Liebskin, um, world yeah. famous architect, right? Yeah, yeah. And Many of his buildings. They were, yeah, and, and they, th that guy, his wife was the marketing person. He was the artist, hundred yeah. percent. So he, he already had this nice. He already he was doing the work. Uh, or they they were actually you know he didn't believe in it, but she did. And then when, when the sure. firm I was in was very small, and uh, I I distinctly remember um, this was after the crash. Somehow I still had a job, barely. And um, one of the things I was trying to do is I was trying to, they go, we knew there was still government work. And my cousin works in this government agency who they would go after, gov not a government agency, but a private agency that they would go after government work, big contracts. And so I set up a meeting with him and this other, um, the principal, one of the principals of my, the firm I worked with for at that time. And I distinctly remember his boss, my cousin's boss, asking the, my former bosses uh, the, this question. And the question was, so how do you guys market yourself? And he couldn't answer. He could not answer. And I and I went, wow. That's why I'm one right. on one. That's probably one of the main reasons why I'm going to get laid off. Because these guys right. don't are are like, are you guys even running a business? So you're, right. you're you're totally right with that. And I think that's one of the things that we try to do with our with this podcast is it's okay to be a business person. It's okay to 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 like and love capitalism. It's okay to make money and make a profit. You can still do great architecture and great design. Oh yeah. You don't have to sac you don't have to sacrifice it. I think that people we need to get over the hump in this profession with that. Oh yeah. Um so I'm I'm really so, glad you brought that up. So Tell me about let this, me, this go ahead. Let, let me just share a, a little anecdote about why I think most architects don't believe in marketing. I don't oh, know if yeah. you're aware of this. I don't know if you're aware of this, but back in the early 1900s, the AIA had a rule that you could not advertise or promote your firm. And that rule, that. that rule was in place until the DOJ sued the AIA in the early 70s to force them from taking that rule out of their charter. And so if you think about the timing uh, back in the 70s, I mean, I know, I know that's been a while now, but if you think about it, a lot of the young architects at that time were working under architects who had to deal with this rule, who couldn't promote themselves, and they were steadfast about reputation and relationships. And those younger guys learned that same thing. They're probably the guys that are, you know, late in their careers now. And, and what, what I'm starting to see is that a lot, a lot of younger firms like yourselves are looking at different ways to promote themselves. And I, I, that I find incredibly encouraging. And I think that that is the right direction that, uh, that, that the uh, industry needs to go. Yeah. That's an interesting anecdote. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, if somebody was to look that up, what would they, how would they, how would they Google it? We try to get people to, while they're listening to it, like, Hey, Google it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think if you Google, uh, DOJ versus AIA, uh, I think it was 1972, something like that. I don't know. I can probably give you the, the I, can, I can look it up and give you the case name. Uh, or oh, yeah, I found it. They, yeah, you got it? Uh, there you go. I Googled, I Googled, <laughs> that's literally what I Googled, everybody. DOJ versus AIA 1972, and the PDF shows up right away. That's incredible. I would love to read on, read on that. When yeah, future, there's um, some... 
there's some good articles around that uh, that kind of explain the case. Like if you if you do a little bit more research on it, you'll find uh, you'll find some good uh, some good reference articles <laughs> related to that case. So. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, what a weird sort of like self censorship. That that is incredible. Well, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're moving on to that. So speaking of moving on to that, um, tell me you know, tell me a little bit more. Go dive a little bit more into this this that you've looked into over 400 architecture firm websites, you know, what did you learn and what did you, what were you surprised about the most? So, uh, yeah, we, so w what happened was we got invited to this speed marketing event with mm -hmm. AIA Fort Lauderdale. I think this is two years ago, no, about two and a half years ago. And the idea was that the architects would be sitting at tables and the vendors would have like three minutes to introduce and pitch themselves. And we went to this event not knowing really what to expect. But, but like a couple of days before the event, I was like, you know, what are we going to do? We're just going to talk to them. And my wife is my business partner. We, we were we were trying to brainstorm what what can we do, so I came up with this idea that we there are some tools that you can use to test websites without having access to the website, and uh, one of these tools is called Grader.com. It's like website Grader.com, uh, but um, and it's a it's a it's a pretty basic tool. But what it does is it tests your website for four different metrics. Uh, the first one is website performance. How fast does your page load? The second is mobile responsiveness, or how well does it adapt to different screen sizes? Uh, the third is uh, SEO optimization. So can Google read and index the information on your site so it knows how to uh, rank you in search? And then finally, uh, does your website have a valid SSL certificate? So I thought it would be an interesting way to test these that, you know, we knew who was going to be in the room. We knew the architects who would be there. So we were like, let's put together a basic report that shows them what their greater score is. And uh, we, we did this and a lot of the results were really bad. I mean, really bad. Some of the lowest scores I've ever seen. And we went to this thing and, Basically, we had three minutes and we, we, we showed them the report and we said, this is what your website's doing. And, you know, this is this is kind of, you know, we explained to them what was going on. And, and basically, we just used that three minutes, got their business card, and then we followed up with them. And we actually got a, a couple of clients out of it, which was good. But mm -hmm. what, what that really showed us was that, you know, uh, there was an opportunity here to kind of do more research because we wanted to confirm like, uh, is, is that, is that kind of across the board or all the websites that bad or is it just this group, you know? So what, what started out as 50 turned it or 25, sorry, we started out with about 20 or 25. I, I went back to the office. I told my assistant, I said, Hey, I want you to test, you know, like 50 more sites. So she did. And we kind of saw a trend starting. So I said, okay, let's let's just keep going and we basically we downloaded a list of uh AIA member firms from our uh the state of Florida AIA uh chapters uh website 
and we tested them all. <laughs> and here's what we, I, just in a very small summary of what we found, basically on those four criteria, we found that only 95 of the sites that we looked at out of what what's now 405, so uh, 300 sites, uh, 310 sites failed at least one of those criteria. And these criteria are important because they're, they're criteria that Google looks at for ranking your site in search. And if you can't be found in search, then you're probably missing out on a lot of business opportunities. Totally. I actually went to that website just now, and it's pretty fascinating. Um, we, didn't, we, we failed the security part. Uh, so I went to yes. website.grader.com. That's a cool tool for sure. We're good on the rest of them. I said, and now it wants us to take it to great. Uh, so I don't know. Let's look at that. But <laughs> yeah, and, um, and secu- security is actually something that a lot of sites fail on because it's it's actually pretty recent. It's only mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. And, and one of the things is is that when you when you have a when you don't have a proper SSL certificate on your site, that's what it's testing. When you don't have one of these certificates on your your site. It makes your site more vulnerable to hacking attacks. And so Google looks at that, and if they see that you do not have that uh, security certificate, they're going to ground downgrade your search results uh, because they don't want to send people to your site if there's a risk that they could get hacked. Yeah, that makes and, total sense, right? Yeah, and and it's one of the easiest things to fix. It's It really is. I. I don't know I, if I remember correctly. I think you guys are on Weebly or something like that, one of those platforms, right? Yep. Um, it yep. should be very easy to fix that. It's probably like either clicking a button, a, a button or, uh, or or just uh, uh, contacting Weebly and saying, hey, how do I fix this? It should be pretty yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, what is the – so – you and I, I, I'm pretty sure, already agree. It's important to have a web, good web presence, right? I mean, I don't know how you do business right now without a web presence. Right. Um, we've always, and, and harking back to the, kind of that story I told you, that that was one of my big learning lessons was, okay, I think I think we have opportunity to really crush here in Colorado because if this former boss of mine and is indicative of the, the architects, um, the community of architects in Colorado in general, then Wow, we have a whole we have a whole, we can capture a whole um, segment of marketing that nobody's taking on right now, and and we have so uh, we will have received uh, this last year um, again the highest rated uh, architecture firm as far as customer service goes according to all these websites. So we're on Thumbtack, we're on Google, we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, <laughs> you know, as many other platforms we can be on, and we we always ask our clients the good the ones who like us <laughs> most do. Um, but for a five-star review, and we're, right. we're really adamant about that, right? And so it's paid dividends for us. So you and I agree about that it's good to have a good web presence, but um, why do you, you know, can you tell everybody else why, they've already heard me say why it is, why they should have a good web presence. Can, right. What would you tell architects listening to this podcast, why it's important? Well, okay, no matter how anybody finds out about your website, whether it's uh, a referral or whether it's by a web search, uh, your website is probably often the first or second impression that they're gonna have of your firm. So if your site is 
confusing, if it's difficult to use, if the content, if the content on the site doesn't answer important questions for your visitors, uh, if they can't find things like, you know, basic things like your phone number, uh, all of these things make them leave. You know, mm-hmm. web browsers are very fickle. Uh, they don't want to waste time. We have this concept that we talk about where we we tell people, do not make your website visitors have to think. As soon as they have to start thinking about how your site works or where the navigation items are, or even if a navigation item, like let's say you say profile instead of about us, that's confusing for people. Um, don't make them have to think about whether you mean about us or, you know, just say about us. Uh, make it as simple as you can, especially on your homepage. Your homepage should answer three important questions. It should, it should answer who it is, what, what it is you do and who you do it for. It should answer um, what makes you different. And it, and it should be very clear what they need to do next. So like, what's the next step? Is it uh, call us? Is it uh, schedule a, a free consultation? Is it, is it download this guide to uh, working with an architect or, or some other valuable piece of information that they might want? Obviously that's, that's for us, that's, that's the Holy grail. Like if you can get their email, then you can kind of continue that conversation. So, um, so that's what we, you know, when we, when it comes to a web presence, it's such an important part. You know, I said before, 84% of, of, of uh, architectural engineering and construction buyers are going to websites to figure out if your firm is a good fit for them or not. And, uh, and, and the other part of that research is that, the same number of people are eliminating firms from consideration based on their website. So if you don't have a good web presence, you're basically, you know, you're, you're, you're putting yourself out of contention uh, with, with a lot of clients, a lot of potential clients. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's like we preach foundations and fundamentals all day long. And I think if you aren't doing mm-hmm. those sort of things, you got to have a website first, 100%. I, I was trying to uh, – we teach at CU Boulder as well, and yeah. um, we were trying to set up these – we are trying to do these field trips for our students, our upper-level students at the engineering center, and we were – Alex, one of the, my tasks was to contact this firm out in Boulder who did this really great say, a design on uh, about an acre, acre and a half in the middle of Boulder, beautiful landscape. Looks like it's a sustainable project. We're like, oh, that'd be perfect to go on a site visit there, teach the kids about, you know, this and that. They don't have to see all our work. Um, you know, it's always good to network too. And uh, and I, I could not figure out how to contact that firm. So that was kind of it. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. just kind of blew my mind. Like, what? Why even have a website? If you, I really right. did not get a hold of them. It was insane to me. So um, yeah, you got, got to get that done. And an important part, uh, an important thing to bring up is that your web, your website is just one part of your web presence too, right? So you want to think about other, other ways that people can, can talk, contact you. And like, like you said, you're on Thumbtack and Home Advisor and all these other sites. Those, those are good things to, to think about. Like, 
we, we use a tool that allows us for our clients. What we can do is basically we, there are, there are what you call different types of business listings, right? So, um, if you think about it, like Google My Business, are you familiar with that? Yes. Yeah. So Google My Business is considered a business listing. And there's about, I don't know, there's hundreds of these types of business listings. The the ones that you mentioned, like Thumbtack and Home Advisor and House, those are what we call premium business listings. And they're they're usually pay-to-play type things or, or you have to advertise to really get noticed on them. But there are a lot of free business listings out there, things like Yelp and TripAdvisor, you know, which isn't as relevant to architects, but uh, your Facebook page, your uh, your LinkedIn page. Uh, but there's others that are, are, are like tied into mobile apps and, and maps and things like that. So we use a tool where we're able to basically uh, control, we lock, lock the information, uh, but also control the information that's on, I think it's like 75 different listing services across the web. And that's a key indicator for Google because Google sees that as a sign. Like when you have all that information, what we call the name, address, and phone number information, when it's a consistent across so many different sites, that's a sign to Google that you're taking care of your business information, that you're keeping it constant, you know, uh, consistent and up to date. And that's also what we call it. That's a, uh, an SEO authority indicator for Google. So that's another way that your, your web presence beyond your website can also help you. Uh, you know, it can help you get found. It can help you uh, raise your, your, your search ranking as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a, another thing. Yeah, when I, you know, again, going talking back to, okay, when we started our firm and, and trying to understand, trying to learn from the mistakes that led to us being laid off, um, one of the things was, that, you know, I looked at, okay, if we're going to start a firm in the little town that we operate in, what are, who are our competitors? What's their web presence mm-hmm. like? And thankfully, they had none. They were not taking advantage of right. Google My Business. So I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that it was just a layup for us to get involved with Google that right. way. <laughs> And we're like, nobody's looking in the phone book anymore. Uh, they're right. all going to Google to try to find somebody just on their smartphones and everything. So now you Google right. Architect Longmont, boom, number one, number one result. And we get calls because of it. I mean, it's just great. Um, yeah. Tell me about, tell me about this, uh, this three-phase growth system that you've developed. Yeah, so as we've gotten to know more architects and we, we see how they work, what, what we realized is that, you know, we needed a strategic framework uh, to to help architects, and and so we devised this thing we call the three phase growth system. Uh, it's visualized as a pyramid. So at the base of the pyramid, you have the first component, which is called experience. So this really refers to your brand, your website, the touch points that people have with your firm. So that could be your that could include your visual identity, obviously. It could include uh, your proposals and, and things like that. But but usually we're we're talking about the initial touch points, how they're getting uh, introduced to your firm. And we call this experience because the focus really is about gre- creating a, a great branding and website experience, so that visitors can easily grasp what you do, who you do it for, you know, those three questions I, I said before that you have to answer, what you do, who you do it for, what makes 
your firm different uh, from others? And then, and what, what's, you know, that, that kind of gets to your unique selling proposition. And then the third question was, you know, what do they need to do next? Like, do they, con do they call you? Do they schedule a meeting? Do they, do they download something? So, you know, because it's a, a long term, longer term buying cycle, that kind of thing. So that's really the, the experience uh, part is building that great first impression so that so that they feel comfortable uh, that they can get to know a little bit about you. Uh, maybe they can see a little bit about your culture uh, through your website firm, see who works there, see see that you, you've got a you know a good team, kind of get to like you a little bit and then and then also see that, you know, you you have maybe done some things. You've got testimonials, uh, or or you you might have um, uh, uh, awards that you've won, things like that on your on your site that that build trust, right? So that know, like, and trust experience. The second phase of the pyramid, you know, is is that middle part, which we call engagement. Engagement is all about uh, creating content on your website, maybe in the form of blog articles, case studies, FAQs, any kind of content that helps position your firm as a go-to firm, as either experts or authorities in whatever it is you do. Now, some firms are specialized where they're, they're very uh, niche focused and, and some are more generalist. So you, you want to try to uh, define what you're best at, what your area of expertise is, either around the type of service or service level that you provide, or uh, maybe as a specific niche uh, specialty. So that involves generally the easiest way to do that is to create great content like blog articles. Um, that's usually where we work with a lot of uh, clients. Uh, case studies are also good case studies are also a great way to communicate that authority and expertise. So that's the engagement part. And then at the top of the pyramid is what we call attraction. So here what we're doing is looking at ways to increase traffic to your website. Um, just as a general rule, uh, we typically look at LinkedIn as a, as a, as, as a kind of a, a good source for B2B opportunities uh, because we, we have ways on LinkedIn, uh, the way the tool's set up, we have ways of targeting specific type of people. We can look at specific industries, specific job titles, specific companies, uh, and we can look to help architects uh, build relationships through uh, LinkedIn directly uh, by connecting with people, sending them direct messages or uh, promoting content on their, their uh, LinkedIn profiles and, and business pages that kind of, you know, focus on a niche or focus on the type of client they're looking for. Uh, when it comes to like uh, uh, residential, uh, that's probably where you might use things like, uh, well, like you mentioned, house or um, home advisors, thumbtack are good resources for, um, uh, for residential work, uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook ads can also be a way to kind of get at those kind of customers. And then also, uh, obviously, Instagram is another way. Yeah, very cool. Thank you for explaining that. Um, what, so out of all those, you know, out of everything so far, you know, it sounds like 
obviously, I, I would encourage anybody listening um, to take a look at your guys' website um, and, and, you know, think about getting in touch with you guys as they're thinking about rebranding and just refocusing on, on how they can you know, be better uh, business people from a marketing standpoint. But what is one thing right now, uh, just at this moment, and, you know, as soon as we get done with this podcast, people can jump off it. What, what could they do? What is one thing they could do to improve their branding or marketing? Well, I'll give you two. <laughs> the, the All right. Is, the, the, the first is go test your website, right? Go test your, yep. your website. Use a tool like Grader. Uh, if you want, you can, uh, you can also we, – we, we will take the Grader tools uh, report, but we also have other components we look at, like uh, your, your, your Google keywords and uh, how you're ranking in search, and then your, we also test your business listings. And we call this thing our uh, – our website action audit um, to get that. All, all you need to do is send me uh, an email, uh, send it to Brian, B R Y O N at arcmark, A R C H M A R K dot co. Uh, if you send me an email, tell me you heard uh, about us through uh, inside the firm and that you'd like a website action audit. I'd be happy to prepare that report for you. Um, usually just, takes maybe a day or two to, to put that together. And we'll kind of give you a rundown of what we think of your site. Uh, we look at your homepage, we look at your grader score, we look at your, your, your SEO and then your business listings. And it's a pretty complete report and we give you some uh, detailed, uh, uh, detailed uh, summary of things you can do to change your website. So that's one thing I would, Definitely test your website, either using Grader or, or contacting us. Uh, the other thing, and I think this is even more important, is you have to think about you have to think about your clients and how they're perceiving you as a firm through these different touch points. So if we look at the website first, right, the homepage becomes extraordinarily important. One of the main reasons uh, we focus so much attention on the homepage is that uh, often web visitors will decide, they'll make, they'll make a decision about your firm, and, and Google's done research on this. I think it's something like half, half a second, they'll form an impression of your firm. So the moment your website loads, in less than the blink of an eye, they're already making a determination about whether or not you're, you're, you're right for them. What, what kind of impression uh, they're getting from you. Uh, the other thing is that when, when your website's not easy to use, and I always, I always focus on the website because I think that's, that's really one of the key components here. Um, but when, when your website's difficult to use, uh, if they leave, if they, if they have to start thinking about how to figure out your website, they're just going to leave and they're going to go back to Google. They're going to search uh, again and they're going to find other, websites to go to. And if somebody else is out there doing a better job with their website and convincing them in three to five seconds that they should look further into the website, uh, you're going to lose that opportunity. So those are two. Those are great. Yeah. yeah. Just think yeah. about it. And neither, of those, and neither of those cost you anybody any money, right? I mean, they can no. just get right on those sort of things. Yeah. I think those are right. great. Yeah. So Our, tell me, yeah, yeah, oh, go exactly. Ahead. They're just they're just free things, you know. I mean, uh, you can go to greater.com right now. You can test your website for free. You can get a, at least a sense of 
whether what you're what you're doing right or wrong. Uh, and then just thinking about things like, you know, what I often tell clients when they first start talking to us is I, I, I will often ask them, well, what are, the, what, are the, what are the first questions your clients ask you? If you can answer those questions in your website, you've just saved yourself a lot of time. And, and you've, probably, you've probably also done a good job of maybe weeding out some of the people who wouldn't, wouldn't be good clients in the first place. Agreed, 100%. Yeah, I think there's that, that kind of testing that needs to happen immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows. I mean, you want people you want to work with, uh, people that are going to pay you what you what you believe you're worth um, and what you need to be profitable. Um, so I think that that'd be great. Why don't we wrap things up because we're coming up on an hour here, Brian? And yeah. tell us a little bit about um, what's on the horizon for you and the Arc Arcmark team. What's next, and then uh, how people can get in touch with you guys if they would like to engage with you. Yeah, so for us, you know, like I told you about this study that we're doing where, you know, that we've done where we've tested 405 uh, websites so far uh, over, I think it's been just a little bit over a year now. Uh, We try to do a batch of them each month. And we're now uh, looking at kind of a phase two of this study where we're going to, we've we've been looking at uh, how, you know, different, different, different questions that we can ask architects about their websites. So uh, this is giving us more detail and and information about the state of uh, architecture web presence. And um, uh, I would invite invite anybody who's uh, interested in getting their website tested and helping us out with this research uh, to get in contact with us through our website, www.arcmark.co um, and uh, reach out to us. We'd love to include you on our uh, on our uh, uh, study as we uh, as we branch out into version 2.0 in the in in the coming year. And uh, and then you'll also get some great insights about your your website, a little bit more detail than the the current website action audit that we're, we're we've been doing in the last year. So. It's uh, that's that's kind of what's on our horizon. Obviously, we're uh, looking to uh, get get more opportunities to speak to architects and uh, and so forth. So anybody who wants to, if they, if they want to talk to us, you can go to our website www.arcmark.co and slash uh, it's schedule dash time dash with dash us. So uh, you can schedule a 15-minute, 15, 20-minute uh, uh, call with us to talk about uh, issues going on in your business, uh, and uh, we'd be happy to talk to you. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thanks so much for your insight today, uh, Brian. It was it was a pleasure to have you on. I'm glad that you connected, you contacted me through LinkedIn. Brian actually yeah. critiqued our website a little bit <laughs> when, he yeah, first, he did. when he first engaged. And I, 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 what was hilarious is I'm not in charge of the website, just for the record. Alex right. is in charge of the website. He, he's done he, he's done a he's done a great job. Um, um, but I do I, like I, the 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 tools that uh, that you mentioned in the podcast. And I'm going to yeah. make sure that w- whenever whenever I do an interview on this podcast, then he listens to it. And whenever he does an interview, then I listen to it. And um, then, you know, we actually learn quite a bit from our guests that we have on. So I would I would love to see well, what Alex has to say well, about, um, you know, those tools and everything. I, 
I think I shared this with you, um, but I, I thought the new website, because I mean, you recently redid it, I, th- I thought it was much yeah. improved. So uh, I was happy to see that. And uh, I, I think, uh, I don't know if I retested it yet. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to do that and send you uh, send you one of our reports, and then you can uh, then maybe me and Alex can have a discussion. <laughs> we can do a live critique or something like that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean we're always open to improvement. Why not? Why not? We're we're Absolutely. here to grow. Um, so yeah. So thanks again for for having having uh, being on today, and um, you know, Absolutely. Uh, appreciate appreciate it. And we'll have to have you back on again. So have a good one. Thank month. you so much. Yeah. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you.